This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Station is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, December 1st. Is it a no-loss December? Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the second biggest Reese Davis fan in Studio B because I'm number one. His name is Jason Shepard. Uh, yeah, I'm even willing to overlook the fact that he spells Reese, R-E-C-E, because I'm such a big fan of him right now. <laughs> you look, may not have heard, but last night he offered some interesting commentary. Look, look, everybody can take shots on who's trolling who, but when Reese Davis on the college football playoff rankings show, yes. without being like, you know, led into it on his own, says, oh, and we should probably call BYU the honorary Pac-12 champions. Look, it, it's coming from Reese Davis, okay? Nobody, nobody said, Reese, you have to do this. This is all about Reese. So, yeah, I think, I think we're already a big fan, and uh, Reese is just taking the lead yeah. of us. Yeah, we, we have also uh, stated <laughs> our claim <laughs> on the Pac-12 South Championship, much to the chagrin of Utah fans. Oh, I'm loving it. Hashtag I am loving every second of triggered. it. I am loving every second of that. And to the Reese Davis point, it's not just him. It's Andy Staples. It's uh, when John Wilner when John Wilner is jumping on board, the Pac-12 guy who at the beginning of the season said BYU would go 0 and 5 against the Pac-12. He has absolutely owned it. Stuart Mandel. I mean, yes. So from one conference of 12 to another, Jason. (laughs) Yes. We have also noticed that we are rocking some Big 12 BYU gear. Yes, indeed, Uh, which you can uh, get at the BYU store now. It is – I am really enjoying this one, the Big 12 logo, just being able to represent. Look at that, right? Right on the shirt with BYU (laughs) on it. I'm telling you, uh, I'm I'm loving this. In the store, online, available, beginning today, your exclusive Big 12 – BYU combo gear. By the way, that hat right there, the black trucker hat, Ben Solid. Bagley is absolutely in love Solid. with that hat. Our, our producer, Ben that, Bagley, loves it. We should just give it. it to Ben. Hey, BYU I don't store, wanna, I don't that's wanna, Ben's hat. I want to tell show. you, but Ben has already claimed it. So <laughs> <laughs> it sounds nice that you're willing to give it to him, but I dare you to try and take it away from him <laughs> is what I'm going to tell you. Okay. And then we have the other hats, the Royal and the Navy. I've already claimed the Navy. Okay. Hey, we're, we're swagged out. <laughs> Early December, get your Christmas presents. Big 12, let's go. We've also got a big show lineup for you as well. We already mentioned no-loss December. After an unforgettable no-loss November, which BYU team is most likely to keep that trend rolling through the end of the year? We'll discuss. BYU men's basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess joins us to recap the Cougars' big rivalry win over Utah, how he felt emotionally about that, having played at Utah and then celebrating as a coach at BYU. And BYU women's soccer leaves for the Bay Area today in preparation for their first-ever College Cup. We have head coach Jen Rockwood with us in Studio B as well. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. We'll start with BYU football moving up one spot from number 13 to number 12 in the latest college football playoff rankings. That was the same rankings where Reese Davis says BYU should be the honorary Pac-12 champions. By the way, is the highest 
ranking that BYU has had in the college football playoff. Number 12. 12 is the number of the day, Yes, Jason. it is. Big number 12. And that is what BYU basketball sits at in the current AP poll. They travel up the road all of about, I don't know, four miles to face Utah Valley in the Crosstown Clash tonight. Second time BYU has played at the UCCU Center. Big time home game for the Wolverines. BYU leads the all-time series 4-1 to tonight, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV and on BYU Radio. Jason Shepard will get you set with pregame. We have countdown to tip-off. That is correct. 6.30 Mountain Time as well. Yeah, and Mark Pope talks about the matchup with UVU. Mark Manns is doing an unbelievable job down there. They have a really talented roster. It's a road game for us. It's super exciting for them. I'm sure it's the first time they ever had a the 12th ranked team in the country coming to that gym. And so it's it's really special and it's going to be a dogfight. Mark and Mark going head to head. Can you still say it's up the road when you have to go down the hill to go to the arena? That's a great question because it's technically north of Provo, but it, no, and it technically is up the hill too because there's that elevation increase as was pointed out on Twitter. Great point. <laughs> Done. Great. I'm willing to go with that logic. You got to go up the hill all of 100 feet. I'm going to have to get my lungs ready for the way, that increase in elevation. By the way, I know somebody, this guy over here, who does not like that hill going down towards the freeway. We don't need to get into that. Neither did my car <laughs> four years ago. <laughs> Women's soccer continues prep for the College Cup this Friday. Cougars will face the defending national champions, the Santa Clara Broncos, on their home field. You can listen to the game with Greg Rubel and Rachel Manning Jorgensen, 9.30 Eastern time on BYU Radio. Also, some other news. Senior midfielder Michaela Coulihan named one of the 15 semifinalists for the Mac Herman Trophy Award. And congratulations goes out to the BYU coaching staff who was named the West Region Staff of the Year. Well deserved. The 685-time conference champion BYU softball team. Okay, maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> but they've won a bunch of them. Released their 2022 schedule yesterday, which features five tournaments in the West. They always have this amazing travel schedule through February and early March, even into April sometimes. Three tournaments in California, one in Nevada, one in Arizona. BYU opens the season February 10th against UNLV in Las Vegas in the UNLV Rebel Classic. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. With our Big 12 gear on, BYU football up to number Big 12 in the latest college football playoff standings, just behind number 11 Michigan State and number 10 Oregon. Speaking of Michigan State... Gary Barta, the spokesperson for the College Football Playoff Committee, said that Michigan State is ranked above BYU due to a more impressive win. They beat Michigan at home, Michigan currently number two. Mm -hmm. But Jason, can you make the case that with what Utah has done over the back half of the season, that just maybe BYU's win over Utah is as impressive as Michigan State's win against Michigan? Um, I think a case can be made, and quite honestly, I think that's the only game right now that you could use as comparison it, it really if if the comparison is going to be made that that Michigan or that Michigan State being ahead is because of their matchup with Michigan the, the only one that makes sense to compare it to for BYU is the the Utah game because remember 
obviously Utah at the time was was ranked. They were 18 and mm-hmm. 21 in yep. the polls when BYU faced them. Now, granted, it was a lot. It was it was significantly longer ago when these two teams met versus when Michigan and Michigan State played. Michigan and Michigan State actually played on October 30th, so it wasn't as long ago. But look, I, I'm not ultimately going to argue that that win is more impressive because even back, uh, you know, a month ago, at the time, Michigan, let's see, Michigan was what? At the time, Michigan sixth and, yep. B, and Michigan State was eighth? Yes. At the time when they played each other. So, so Michigan was still a higher ranked team than what Utah was when BYU beat them. Okay. So, I, like, I, I have, honestly, I don't ultimately have a problem with the way that the, the rankings played no, out. No. But, I, but I do think that the, the game that does compare the most where BYU has an argument is Utah. Certainly the way that the, the game ha- or the season has played out for them, obviously now after last night coming out at number 17. I think the rankings are extremely fair this week. I expected that BYU would be at number 12 after Oklahoma lost to Oklahoma State. They hit that number. I have no issues with that logic from Gary yeah, Barton. I don't have a problem with it. There are two things that would need to happen for BYU to feel like their win over Utah is equal to Michigan State's win against Michigan. And I don't really want either of those things to happen, Jason. Okay, so right now, no, I don't think there is a case. I agree with Gary Barta. Holy cow, I can't believe I just said that on live national television. But I do. I agree with his logic here and the committee's logic. Utah would have to beat Oregon and win the Pac-12 championship and go to the Rose Bowl. Which, honestly, could very Very well happen. Utah is a three-point favorite against the same team they just dismantled in Salt Lake City a few weeks ago. And then Michigan would have to lose to Iowa. If Michigan lost in the Big Ten championship game to Iowa and Utah beat Oregon, then I could look at BYU's win against Utah and say, well, BYU beat the Pac-12 champions head-to-head. Right. And Michigan State, yeah, they beat Michigan, but Michigan didn't win the Big Ten championship. So at that point, they become equal to me, and then it gets a little bit weird. But because there are so few at-large spots – Michigan losing to Iowa would essentially bump BYU out of any shot of playing in a New Year's Six game. BYU needs Michigan to beat Iowa and, and I think hold they chalk will. and take that spot in the college football playoff. I know that the optics of BYU maybe jumping up a spot because Utah beat Oregon and Oregon's going to drop below BYU, that looks nice, but it doesn't affect the at-large spots again. It all comes down to Baylor. Yes. Can BYU jump ahead of Baylor? And isn't it funny how we've talked almost all season long about because BYU lost to the Bears that you want Baylor to win? Baylor just needs to continue to win, and now all of a sudden that's not the case. No. Baylor – BYU fans were hoping that Baylor lost to Texas Tech last Saturday, and it came down to a field goal that was missed by Texas Tech that would have sent it to overtime. Right now – yeah, for, for that Utah win, which is a great win for BYU. Incredible win. Like The Big 12 invite happened the day before it. It was the greatest weekend ever. It was the ever. greatest weekend ever. Yes, it's great. It's not as good as Michigan State's win against Michigan right now. All right, topic number two, and we have all enjoyed, and by all, I literally mean all. Everybody associated with BYU has enjoyed No Loss November. But Spencer, as you mentioned at the top yeah. of the show, today is a new month. It is December 1st, so November is done. And you know what that means. Mm-hmm. Which team is most likely to extend no-loss November into no-loss December? 
Well, I'm looking at the strict mathematics involved here for all of the teams playing in December, and it would be easy to want to choose the teams that have the fewest number of games. Don't say it's easy because you know where I'm going with this. But I am all in on BYU men's basketball to keep things rolling through the month of December. BYU has a legitimate chance to not really have to worry about losing a game until they face St. Mary's or Gonzaga in conference. It's true. They won at Utah. They won in Portland against Oregon. If BYU can figure out a way to beat Missouri State, game that you will call in Missouri this Saturday on BYU Radio, and then survive Creighton at a neutral site in South Dakota, then I don't see where BYU slips up. I think BYU is going to hold serve against Utah State in Provo. I think they'll win tonight against Utah Valley. I'm looking at BYU men's basketball and saying, uh, yeah, and they'll be the favorites to win the Diamond Head Classic over the Christmas holiday as well. Who's BYU going to lose to? Their favorite in every game, according to Ken Pomeroy's index, through the rest of the year. Look, I, I agree with you on basketball. I, I and here's the reason this is a great question is because I think it's gonna happen to multiple sports. And I agree with you that basketball has a legitimate chance to do it again in December because they are favorites in all of these games. They just haven't shown me anything to make me think, ah yeah, they they probably can't pull that out because they have shot the ball really not great, Jason, and they're still winning games. Yes by double figures in most instances when they're not shooting the ball well from outside because they rebound offensively at an elite level, they rebound altogether at an elite level, and they play incredible defense. They're so long and athletic. This is just a very, very different BYU team than we are used to seeing in the past six or seven years. Even unique to Mark Pope's teams, which have been great. So because they do that, I like their chances to run the table in December. Well, and in the most recent game, the win at Utah, Cougars end up winning the game by 11. They shot 17% from three. They were two of 12. Yes. And, and still had a double-digit victory on the road in a hostile environment. They make free throws. Yes. And they out-rebounded a Utah team that was ridiculous in rebounding the basketball. They, Utah's a great rebounding team. They were third in the nation in, in rebounding margin at 16.6 going into that game. BYU out-rebounded Utah by 17. I know. By 17. (laughs) Okay, so you started your argument by saying, you know, I could go with the easy route, Uh go with the statistics, Uh because there's going to be a couple of teams that play uh, a very few number of games. (laughs) Well, that's where I'm going, because statistically (laughs) speaking, it has the highest probability. Low-hanging fruit, Jason. But it's also the highest probability, and I want to be right at the end of the day. (laughs) Okay? So, yeah, look, football. Uh Uh-huh. Has one game, you would think. Okay. Soccer has two in the month of December. Uh But ultimately, I'm going to go with soccer because you know what? What? I don't think football has a game in December. I think it may be played in January. If you get my drift, if you see where I'm going with this. All right. So I'm going to go soccer. I'm going to go with women's soccer. They obviously have the game against Santa Clara at Santa Clara on Friday in the Final Four for an opportunity to play for the national championship. That is a Friday-Sunday scenario. However, obviously, if BYU wins Friday, championship game would be moved to Monday. Yep. So I'm going to say that the team that has the most likely chance to have a no-loss December is women's soccer because they are going to win two games in the month of December and win the national championship. Wow. The correct answer here, really, as you have pointed out, Jason, is BYU football because, at worst, <laughs> they're going to have one game, and if the cards align – 
They won't even play a game in December. So BYU will, yes, factually be undefeated in December because they wouldn't have played a game. Look, I'm telling you, there is a real chance that no loss December, and we need to come up with something else because it just doesn't have the same ring. But, but yeah, it, like this could continue for multiple sports. Basketball, certainly. Soccer, football, if they do play in mm-hmm. December. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, women's basketball. Now, women's basketball has probably a tougher road because of opponents and where those games are played. But, look, I, I'm not going to put anything past okay. BYU women's basketball. They just knocked off two ranked teams. So I, I'm not going to say that they can't do it either. How about defeated foes December? <laughs> I like it. We're gonna, I mean, we're gonna have we to brainstorm. Yeah, we're gonna need to brainstorm. brainstorm. Look, the fir- the the initial one isn't always the best one, and that's certainly the case with the one you just brought up. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we'll, we'll workshop this and uh, and see where this goes. <laughs> I feel very small right now. <laughs> Our question of the day: Which BYU team is most likely to extend no loss November into a? No loss December. What was your? What did you just say? Defeated again? foes December. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna. We're not gonna go with that one. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. <laughs> oh boy. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Nathan Lyle seventy six on Twitter says, "Why do we have to limit ourselves to just one team? I'm all in. Double down for another no loss month on all field head to head sports." Pushing all my candy into the middle of the table. Hashtag BYUSN. Wow. That, I, it's, it's one thing to do yeah. it for one month, two months. Yikes. By the way, I've already workshopped it in my mind, and you may have started something. No defeat December. No defeat December. Just saying. Okay. You, right. I, mean, I, put, I put the idea yes, in Yes, you did. You planted defeated. the seed. Okay. It grew into no defeat December. We'll see if that's something that okay. sticks. I like that better. Okay. I like that better. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Granted, it's not much harder to be better than what I presented. <laughs> Speaking of better, coming up, who did it better? BYU or the Phoenix Suns? Ooh, what's that deal there? Plus, Chris Burgess, BYU basketball assistant coach, joins us to uh, talk about if he's finally dried off after his locker room dressing against Utah. That was fantastic. Do they even need to shower after games? Because they're always getting the water baths. <laughs> becoming a common occurrence. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. 12th ranked BYU men's hoops plays at 6-1 Utah Valley tonight with former Cougars Connor Harding, Colby Lafeson, and Blaze Neal on the roster. Coverage begins at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio and 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Joining us now in the studio, Bizzle, is BYU men's basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess. The Cougars, number 12 in the country, rolling right now, unbeaten, just enjoyed a no-loss November with the rest of BYU athletics. Burge, how would you explain the feeling around BYU basketball and BYU athletics right now? You know what, after the game, you know, uh, Saturday night, in the Huntsman against Utah. I was sitting in the bus, and I, I saw the tweet. I think that either you guys or BYU Athletics tweeted out saying, no loss November. And I, I like, looked at it, and I turned to it was either Cody or Keegan. 
like our video guy and I was like, Hey, is this true? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, crazy, like, right? You don't, you don't think about it. Cause every, every game is just like its own identity for all sports. Right. And every game is just like, you take, that's, that's is the epitome of just taking one game at a time. And I knew we were six and oh, but I mean, you honestly could have told me and we started in October and I wouldn't even know, right. It just goes, it just, you're just, there's so much going on. And then I'm like, that's right. The football hasn't lost. I mean, I know the women's basketball team's rolling and then the soccer. So it's just in volleyball. So yeah, it's, you know, the momentum, Everything BYU athletics is just it's 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 doing an unbelievable job right now. Um, credit to Tom Homo and all the coaching staffs and and the players, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And December is going to get even harder. You guys talked about with soccer, he's got the Final Four. The women are in the NCAA tournament for volleyball. We, we've got a tough road, some real road games coming up in Hawaii, right? And so as well for the Christmas time. So it, it's the price of poker is going up for. For the competition so but it's it's a credit to our athletics and the momentum and of course our fan base right they're there they show out they're there every and you know an exhibition game for us or a, you know even a, a division two nai school for us i mean the rock is in full effect right and so it's a credit to everyone everyone well and they showed out at the at the huntsman center there was a lot of blue at the huntsman center and i wanted to ask you about that game obviously really nice win you get the you get the 11 point win over the youths both teams came in undefeated, so you knew it was going to be a tough one. But th- that was not your first time being <laughs> on the BYU staff yeah. and playing in that arena. But it was it was the first win on the as a member of the BYU staff. Getting what was that experience like for you? Yeah, not, I've never won there at the Huntsman Center uh, on the opposing bench, and so the experience. You know, you try to, again. You try to focus on the game plan and getting our guys ready and what's important and what is coach. You know, you know they had a week to prepare for us. And so you're trying to get our guys to understand, like, you know, they've been sitting on this a week. They want to beat you. They hear all the noise about BYU and the ranking. This is their home game. It's a big game for us. It's, you know, potential quad one. And so we got our guys prepared. We understand it was going to be a rebounding game, a toughness game. You know, whether teams make shots or not, like, we felt like those two teams, if we can take them out of transition, we can beat them on the glass. We, we felt like we give our chance our, our, our team a chance to win. And our guys were fantastic, as you guys know, on the rebounding all game long. 17, plus yeah. 17. Yeah, and that was the number eight rebounding team in the country. Um, and, you know, Caleb, Seneca, right, Gavin, Foose, right, all those guys weren't worried about misses or makes. They're like, we have to rebound this ball and we have to take them out of transition. And we did those two things. Um, when you do that, you know, you play defense like that and you're committed, you have a chance to win on the road. So that was what was really exciting and, and proud of our guys. Because um, I'm not telling you, man, the, the Utah is going to win some games and they're good at home. And it, there's a reason why I haven't won there on the opposing team because it's hard to win. It's hard to win in the Huntsman Center. So, Before we transition into uh, preparation for Utah Valley and, and the game tonight, I do need to ask you about the post-game celebration. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, staying hydrated is being taken <laughs> – in several ways for BYU's coaching staff. I mean, yeah. you, you got doused with water. What was that like? That was a fun moment. Um, I'm usually on the outside of it, right? Coach is usually in it, throwing the water over and, and things like that. And I kind of stay out of it because I just, I'd like to stay dry um, <laughs> and celebrate from the outside looking in. But as you guys can see there, I got absolutely crushed. He, Coach Pope gave it to Gavin Bax for a reason. He was the only one tall enough and long enough to reach the top of my head. <laughs> Um, needed to have a smaller, older locker room so he couldn't get that high. And Co- Cody was like, I-, I compared to SeaWorld, I was in the front row for the Shamu show, <laughs> and Cody was on like the ninth row, tenth row. He got he got a little splash. I got crushed, and so totally worth it. Um, I wonder if Gab was pretty calculated in, in how much he got me. Um, but it was it was a fun moment, and you celebrate every win because wins are so hard. And so to be in the middle of that, 
in the Huntsman Center, in the Huntsman Center visiting locker room was just a unique, fun yeah. experience that I, I get to hold on to forever. Well, and you brought up Gavin a, a couple of times, and s- specifically the game at Utah, 14 points, and he was living at the rim in that game. How pleased are you to see him having this kind of success after the injury history? Very pleased. Um, injuries are hard when you go back-to-back season in injuries like basically he did. And to kind of be in this dark place of, will I play again? I want to be out there, and is this worth it, right? And the recovery is so long and difficult. For him to just kind of buy in on what, what – like we got great passing wings and guards. And if you set a screen and you roll really hard to the basket, Gav, you're the, one of the best finishers in the country because of, of how high you play above the rim and you have you know great hands. So it, it's, it's, you know, super proud of him. Um, now he's got a lot of work to continue doing, and – He's got to get better every day, and we talk about that, but just proud of him of how, how he's staying locked in. So when he gets a couple rolls and easy dunks, then he catches around the rim, and he's pivoting, and he's scoring a little jump hooks around the basket, and you can just see his confidence growing. Um, and he's getting to where we, we know he can be, right? And, and so it's, it's been fun to see his, his improvement, his progression out there, and just like, you know, and defensively, right, he's a game changer with his length and the blocks he had from the help side. I mean, he protected the rim at least, I mean, at least eight to ten points worth with just coming from the help side and swatting it inbounds, yeah. right? right? Yes, yes. Keeping, it in, keeping it in play. And so that's something that Gavin is is getting better. Like, he's an elite shot blocker. He has the ability to be an elite shot blocker and, and watching film with him and showing areas where he can just go get it, areas where he can go take a charge, areas where he can go just go vertical. And he's, he's, he's you know, I, I don't know where he is in blocks a game, but he is one of the elite rim protectors because of his length, athleticism, and timing. T. John Lucas has taken a significant step forward in the past two games. In terms of statistics, we always knew he was a special player. We reviewed his film. We knew what he did at Milwaukee. He's he is an incredible asset for this BYU yeah. basketball team. What has changed for him in the past two games? Well, he first of all, he's letting the game come to him, and he and he only cares about making the right play and getting his teammates involved. You know, he had game. What I mean, average sixteen or seventeen games, seventeen points a game the past couple of years, and he's had thirty point games. You know, and but he hasn't been on an NCAA tournament team or a winning team or a championship team, and so you know, this has been super important to him. Starting from the recruiting process, this is like. Man, I'm not worried about numbers. I'm not worried about. I just I want to come to a team where I can help because I know I can make everyone on the court better. And he's shown that right. Like he's letting the game come to him. He's taking open shots. And listen, teams are going to key, key in on Alex Barcelo. It's just the truth, right? He's one of the best players in the country. And um, shooters, players, everything, right? Mid range game is one of the best in the country. And so you take away Alex. Alex is always going to make the right play. And that's that's Tijon getting to the rim. That's Tijon with an open three. That's Tijon throwing the lob pass. And so, you know, he's doing everything we thought the first day he walked on campus. Like, oh, he's gonna make our lives easier, <laughs> right? Like, I'm a big guy. I'm a former big player. And, I, and and you know, when you go and look at guards and watch videos of guards, I'm always like, okay, who would I like to play with, right? right? Tijon's that kid, right? He's that kid. And there and there's a reason like guys like Foose and Gavin Baxter, um, you know, our fives and Atiki at times when he's in there, are, are making easy plays. Because Tijon's creating for him, right? So catch that ball and finish, guys. Catch that ball and finish. He's going to find you. If not, you're going to be wearing it on your face, right? Because he's going to find you. Let's focus on tonight's matchup. Uh, Crosstown against UVU. Mm -hmm. Mark Madsen's got this Wolverine team playing really well. They're 6-1. They lost the season opener to Boise State and have won six in a row. What are your thoughts on the Wolverines and uh, and and a couple of familiar faces that you'll see on that roster? Yeah, it's a good UVU team. What Coach Madsen and his staff has put together – has been really, you know, really fun to watch. You know, they lost one of their leading scorers um, to injury early on, 
in a Trey Woodbury and for them to do what they're doing right. You know, they, like you said, they lost the opening at Boise, which is a really hard game. And they've won three games in overtime. They're battle every game. Um, they're always kind of hanging around, and they find ways to win at the end. And they got, you know, one of the best big men in the country in terms of scoring in the post and rebounding the ball on both ends. And Fardaz Amak, who's, you know, he tested the waters in the draft, and he's doing a fantastic job averaging, I think, 21 and 14. He's got 14 boards. <laughs> which, is, which is really impressive. Um, and then they got, you know, like Connor Harding's playing fantastic, shooting the ball from three over 50%. He's healthy. Um, you know, he, you know, he's coach Madsen is putting him in great positions to be successful. Um, and then blaze is kind of taking over for the injury to Trey Woodbury and, and, and playing at the one and, you know, blaze is, I think almost five assists a game and taking care of the ball and making open shots when they need them. And so yeah, nine points a game. That's right. And so this is a, this is a good team. Um, you know, I, I was there for four years and there's only a few games where it, it kind of sells out and there's, you know, an atmosphere that's you know similar to like what we get every game and that's um you know and that's when BYU comes to town or when the, the Aggies of Utah State come to town so this is a big game and you know I, there's no doubt in my mind we'll have some BYU fans and we'll have some Wolverine fans and that team over there um you know they're gonna be ready to play they're gonna be locked in this is their biggest game so far this year and you know it's got to be every game is going to get harder and harder and, and I'm telling you this game tonight against the Wolverines is going to be harder than Saturday's game, last Saturday's game against the Utes and Huntsman. Wow. Like, that's how we feel about it. And so we got to be ready to go. And, and, and man, we got to do a good job on AMAC, and we got to make sure we keep those shooters in check. And if we rebound this ball and we play what we're capable of doing and knock down some shots, um, you know, we're put ourselves in a position to be successful. But we know these UVU Wolverines are, are ready to go, and they're well coached, and they play hard. For, they play hard for their coach, so they're gonna they're gonna be locked in, and ready to go, and be, try to beat the Cougs. Coach Chris Burgess with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we need to give you some karma for taking the time to come visit us today. So some BYU Sports Appreciate Nation that. karma <laughs> headed your way. The Gregorian chant finalizes that. You can't hear it, but we can hear it. In our ears. <laughs> yeah, the Gregorian chant makes it official. You've got the karma. Take it, distribute it how you will. Good luck against the Wolverines. Yeah, thanks, uh, live guys. on BYU TV and BYU right. Radio tonight. That's right. That's right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, coming up, Coach Jennifer Rockwood joins us just prior to traveling to the Final Four. And which number 12 are you most excited about? 12th ranking for BYU football, BYU basketball, the Big 12. It's a 12-day. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is on demand. You can hang out with Greg Rubel, Coach Pope, and Tijon Lucas on the BYU TV app to go over the big win against Utah in this week's matchups against UVU and Missouri State. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, follow us on all of the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You on TikTok yet? I am not. Make it happen, Jason. I, uh, I'm not a, uh, a talker. Do you, is that what they say? A TikToker? I don't know. <laughs> Clearly you're not. Just making stuff up. Let's whip it. <laughs> the Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. So Tackling old. America's most challenging shipping problems. <laughs> am I a talker? <laughs> TikToker. The fact that I called it a talker lets you know I'm not signing up for TikTok. Okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay. All right, uh, 12, as you mentioned, going into the break, uh, is a very prominent number. So which number 12 ranking are you most excited about right now, football or basketball? While I am stoked that football is up to number 12, there's just 
this feeling of, ah, you need a few more spots. So, like, I feel angst yeah. about BYU football being in the number 12 position because I know that they need to be at 11 at least with Baylor below them to get into a New Year's Six game. So I, there's a little bit of angst there. Yeah. <laughs> we need some things to fall into place. The number 12 ranking for BYU basketball this early in the right. season is wild. It's historic, in fact. It's never been this good this early in the season. So I, I'm leaning more towards basketball. Mm-hmm. Like it's just shocking. Right. It's fantastic. I, I think right now, uh, because the 12th ranking with football can mean something now, uh, and I agree with you. Look, they may need to get up higher. They may need to get to an 11 or 10 and whether or not that's possible because obviously with no more games, it, it's all based on what other people do to see if BYU can climb any higher. But but right now, I think BYU football's 12th ranking has more meaning right now than basketball. And also, and, and, and I believe BYU basketball is going to climb higher than 12. Ooh. So yeah, the potential there. Yes, I, I think basketball is going to get higher than twelve. So so I think because of recency and and the fact that there's still a lot more season left for basketball and football's got the bowl game, I think the twelve ranking right now means more for football. I understand you. I just think you're wrong. <laughs> well played, <laughs> Reese Davis, our guy at ESPN. He's on board calling BYU the honorary Pac-12 champions. In fewer words, during the rankings show last night. How many Utah fans canceled their ESPN subscriptions after Reese's comment? Guess what? Don't care. Really don't care what they did. Listen, they're I, watching the Pac-12 Network anyway. They weren't watching ESPN. No, they're not because nobody can see it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you like what Guy Holiday had to say here? Obviously, former BYU wide receiver coach, former Utah wide receiver coach. He says, quote, uh, I just saw a BYU t-shirt saying they won the Pac-12 South. That's some good trash talk. Yep. You fans, let it go. You're playing the, in the uh, the third straight championship game. BYU is 5-0 and and Pac gives them the right to talk, but why do you give them the pleasure of knowing that they are under your skin? Do, do, you, do you like and agree with what Coach Guy Holiday yes. says? Here is a man who gets it. He understands that it's friendly rivalry trash talk banter and he asks the appropriate question. Why do Utah fans give BYU fans the pleasure of knowing they are under your skin? Because it just encourages yeah. BYU fans oh, yeah. to throw out more. It's just troll even harder. He, look, he is 100% accurate on this. There is a chance for Utah to play in the Rose Bowl and they're worried about a banner. <laughs> that says all that you need to know. Matter. That says all you need to know. Oh. Okay. Uh, Jason, who did it better? BYU or the Phoenix Suns? Because Devin Booker, superstar in the NBA, also tweeted out, no loss November for the Phoenix Suns. Who did it better? First of all, do we have the uh, the, copyright do we have the lawyers on this? Copyright, copyright infringement? infringement? Yeah. Uh, look, I'm, because we're BYU, I'm going to say BYU. And I'm a Jazz fan, not a Suns fan. So I don't want the Suns to be winning these games. So I'm going to say BYU did it better. Uh, clearly, Devin Booker has been paying attention to BYU sports. He gets BYU TV. Our tweets are showing up in Devin Booker's feed. <laughs> Have you seen the stronghold of fans in the Phoenix area from BYU? Oh, yeah. The oh, Fiesta, yeah. Hey, Fiesta Bowl, are you paying attention? Your guy from the Phoenix Suns, even he's getting in on no loss November for Let's BYU. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Does that help our cause to get BYU into the Fiesta Bowl? By the way, we have some great suggestions coming in on what the name of the December thing should be. <laughs> Keep them coming. They're fantastic. <laughs> we have time. Maybe we can get to them later. Oh my All right, coming up are UVU Double Downs. 
Somebody just said, stop jinxing BYU. Don't have enough salt and my knuckles are bloody. (laughs) Soccer head coach Jen Rockwood joins us as they are in pursuit of a uh, defeat. What is it? No defeat December. No defeat December. Beat Santa Clara. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest Deep Blue podcast, Jerem Jordan talks with BYU Senior Associate Athletic Director Liz Darger about going from aspiring Utah State walk-on volleyball player to the senior woman administrator at BYU who helped with NCAA Common Ground and was part of the group that got BYU into the Big 12. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live in Studio B. It's a championship type of day. <laughs> and uh, I mentioned championships because our next guest wins a lot of them in the West Coast Conference. She's hoping to win a national championship in just a few days. Jen Rockwood, the head coach of BYU Women's Soccer, is with us. Coach, congratulations. I know it's belated at this point on getting to your first ever College Cup. We're so excited for you. Well, thanks, guys. It's, uh, it's been a, a, quite a journey, but it's, it's really exciting. I'm really excited for our team and our staff and everybody involved uh, in our program. It's just exciting times, and we really look forward to it. What has this week been like since the emotional win over South Carolina, and now you're preparing for what you hope is two games at Santa Clara? Um, just, you know, we're just ready to go. It kind of just feels like another game. I don't think the final four is quite set in. It's like, you know, you coach, you just, you get ready for the next game. And that's kind of where all of your energy goes is we get to play Santa Clara and we're going to the final four and you have to do all the logistics of the trip and get everybody on a, on a plane and decide who's going and all that good stuff. So it's kind of been crazy and busy and a few practices, but uh, we head out today and ready to go. We're going to ask you plenty about Santa Clara and this vengeance tour that uh, many of your players have called it. <laughs> but I do want to bring up one of my favorite images and videos from the weekend, and that was you celebrating with Kerry <laughs> Roberts and oh, Bill yeah. G. Taylor. That yeah. was fantastic. It was really fun. Walk us through that moment. Um, just, you know, we have some great coaches here at BYU, but there's some really phenomenal women coaches leading these programs. And we've had a chance to spend some time together and, and uh, just talk about what we're doing to help lead these uh, young women uh, in our programs and they're very supportive we're supportive of each other and it was fun to see them they grabbed me after the game and <laughs> and we're just really excited and um you know they've they've all done so well i mean look at what Dajit has has done and, and heather's just starting the ncaa tournament here with the women's volleyball team so really fun to see all those guys what does this moment mean for you personally and i know coaches don't like to talk about themselves because mm-hmm. it's about the team mm-hmm. but you are byu women's soccer what does this moment and this opportunity mean to you? Um, I think as a coach, you, you you aspire to be the best. You aspire to play at the very highest level and to get results at the highest level. And, and as a coach, we've gone out and we've played nationally competitive teams. We've had a tremendous amount of success, been in the NCAA tournament, had some phenomenal games and and teams and uh it's a bit of a validation to get to the college cup i mean i think every coach that's what you're trying to get to is is the game that national championship game and uh something that's driven me to come back after all these years i never anticipated coaching for you know 27 actually this is my 33rd year here at byu um but yeah just just looking forward to it and just trying to enjoy the moment and not get too big or too up or too down and just kind of enjoy it and whatever happens happens and i just know the girls are ready and we'll be at our best and and i uh, will hit the field he'll go field going i have appreciated 
who you have played in this year's tournament because I'm big on history. Yeah. You know, you open up New Mexico right. for obvious reasons <laughs> that resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And then I look at Virginia and what they did to you in the spring, eliminating your chances there. Mm -hmm. And then you take care of South Carolina, a team that beat you five years ago in the Sweet 16. Yes. Mm -hmm. And now you get Santa Clara in the Final Four. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of just, just the history involved with all of the matchups that you have in 2021 based on what's happened in the past? Yeah, we've, we've talked a lot this, this last part of the season with this group that you know it's kind of lined up as well as we could have ever hoped for when we saw um that we were potentially matched matched up with the virginia some teams might be oh you know they're they're one or two in the country and they've had this phenomenal season they won the acc but i think our team was like no let's let's have another chance at them we we felt confident in in the way we played last time and i think that that helped us in our in our result as we went out there and played them and and same with santa clara i mean it's just a great rivalry that we have with them they're such a great program they're defending national champs we were all very jealous of what they accomplished last year, um, but also made it more realistic that that might be something we could do. So uh, ironically, they've helped drive us to get to this point, and now we get to play them at their home field. Um, it's going to be a great match. Uh, they have phenomenal players, but so do we, and I, I think the girls are in a great place right now. What What is your thought in terms of playing them on their home field? I, I mean, you get to this opportunity and you have to play the actual home team on their field for a chance to go for the national championship. Yeah, it's it's a little odd, but uh, you know, I don't think any any Final Four or College Cup has been at a at a home school. Um, it happened. It, there was arrangements to play somewhere else, and the WC stepped in, and Santa Clara stepped in to host it. So it is what it is. There's there's nothing we could do, and we talk all year about you can't control some things, and you just move forward. But we're also familiar with that field. Um, my seniors have played there three or four times, so I think that's a positive. Well, and I had the pleasure of being with you the last time you were at Santa Clara. Unfortunately, the result didn't turn out the way that, that you would have wanted the end of October. But I, I specifically remember you guys as a team talking about, look, beyond trying to win that game, the goal is to be back here in a little while. Mm -hmm. Kind of playing off what Spencer asked you, when, when you have set a goal like that and then you can see it realized that you're here, mm -hmm. what does that do to a program? I think it just brings more hope and more excitement um, and, and the ability to set higher goals. You know, I, I think our senior group came in this year and no one had really ever put national championship on the board. I think for years we've talked about it that, you know, might be a possibility, but this group of seniors, after seeing what Santa Clara did, put it on the board and, and that was their goal, was to get a national championship, get to this game. And after that frustrating loss at Santa Clara earlier, uh, in the season, you know, I think I'm pretty sure I said after the game, let's do everything we can to get ourselves back here for another opportunity. This is where the Final Four is being played. Whether it's Santa Clara or someone else, let's get ourselves back on this field. And this, that's what the girls have done so far. What has to play out differently? Because we're talking about, I mean, very, very minute details yes. that if something bounces your way, then we're talking about a different result mm -hmm. in the game against Santa Clara earlier this year. So what has to happen differently this time around against the Broncos? Well, I think we've made a lot of progress um, in, in our team. Uh, just some of the details, some of the small things, you know. Um, we've challenged everybody to get a little bit better each game, you know, a few more passes, um, a few more shots, uh, more shots on frame, uh, a few more tackles, you know, just doing a little bit. And, and as you look at our NCAA performances, we've gotten better with each, each game. And, and we had, I think we played our very best game of the year against Virginia uh, on the defensive side of things where we were really challenged defensively, had to really step up. And then I think just a full game against South Carolina 
real dominant performance. So I think the girls are in a really good place as far as um, feeling confident about our ability to dictate the tempo, to uh, keep the ball a lot more than we did the last time we played them. And then um, we've been finishing a lot of goals. And so, you know, I think players like Cam and Kayla are hard to stop or McKaylee scoring two goals in the last uh, game. That's what's great about our team. It's not just one or two goal scores. We can score from a lot of different people, from a lot of different positions in a lot of different ways. So um, I, I think that we've got to score first. We've got to score early, something we talk about every game. So that will be our, our same game plan. Well, and, that, and that's been the MO. This team has scored first and scored early. And we were talking before the segment began, that game at Santa Clara, there were at least three shots. One hit one post, then hit the other post, then hit the crossbar. So there were opportunities to do that. It's, it's a proven way of winning because that's how you guys have done it all season long. You score early and then once you get ahead, it's kind of like, all right, now let's, it's almost like, oh yeah, this is yeah. what we do. And then more goals seem to come. Yeah, you know, score first, score early, and then score again. That's what we've been saying all year. And, uh, you know, you need a little bit of luck in soccer. You know, you need the ball to bounce your way. You need it not to hit the crossbar or, or the, <laughs> you know. Um, and so we, we found plenty. You create your own luck, uh, obviously. But uh, I'm just excited. I think there's really good energy. Um, we'll have to be at our very best. Um, Santa Clara has a phenomenal goal score like we do, um, that if she gets a look, she can put the ball in the back of the net. She's won lots of games for them just recently. So um, We'll have our hands full. They're a very good defensive team. They have slowed us down um, the last few times we've played them. So we got to find ways to get in behind their back line and be dangerous. Before you go, I need to ask you about Ashley Hatch and yes. what she's done with oh, wow. the United States women's senior national team yep. goals in each of her last two games. What do you think of what Ashley is doing at the highest just level? Just so excited for her. She is someone that's just always worked so hard, and I'm I'm sure that is still what she's doing. And you know, she had a taste of it uh, her first cap here as, as a player. Player. And then, you know, she's just really focused on her, her pro career. She got a look uh, a little bit after and then kind of nothing. And then now she's back and she's really made the most of this opportunity in Australia. So excited for her. Two goals. I mean, just a phenomenal thing. I, you turn the, you know, you turn the game on and 34 seconds in, <laughs> there's Ashley putting a ball in the back of the net. I was so excited. And uh, yeah, that's what she does. She just scores goals and just really what a great kid, what a great example she is. And, and it gives a, a lot of young players, um, you know, that a role model to really aspire to and, and play at that highest level Absolutely. Like she's doing. Not only is she a fantastic player, she's just a great human being overall. Yeah. Oh, Ashley's the best, she for sure. She really yeah. is. She took a page out of BYU's book, scoring 34 seconds in. That's right. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what Cougs do. All right, Coach. Uh, we're gathering together all of the karma yes. that we can in yes. Studio yes. B we'll and take giving it, it to you yes. right Thank now. you. Thank you. I'll pass it on to the group. We'll <laughs> see you in Santa a minute. Clara. Uh, we're absolutely stoked for you. Can't wait to watch on Friday night. Good awesome. luck. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. All right, coming up, our ride and shout out to our guy Reese and Cougars versus former Cougars in our double downs. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. And speaking of the apps, specifically the BYU Radio app, we just got word that the BYU Soccer semifinal match against Santa Clara on Friday will be broadcast live on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app at 9.30 Eastern Time. How about that? Time for our Double Down Projections. 
BYU at Utah Valley men's basketball tonight at the UCCU Center. Here's how it works. We each give two predictions about the game. Each one we get correct is worth a point. If you get both correct, then there's the bonus point for a total of three possible points. Jerem running away with it early in the season. He's got 11 points because his picks haven't been very hard. And I'm at four. <laughs> guest, which you're a part of, Jason, yes. you have two. I'm not, I'm nondescript guest. As the guest, why don't you start us off? Okay, uh, number one, Seneca Knight will score in double figures. Ooh. His season high this season is nine. I like that. Which he got at Oregon. Okay. My second one, once BYU's lead reaches 10, it will not drop the single digits for the rest of the game. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. I don't know when that is, but once they get to 10, it will not drop below. Progressive. I like it. Okay. Number one, Alex Barcelo and Trevin Nell will outscore Connor Harding, Blaze Neald, and Colby Laveson, the three former BYU players. Okay. Now, Barcelo and Nell combined average 22.3 a game. Harding, Neald, and Laveson average 25 a game. Number two, BYU is going to hold Utah Valley to 65 or fewer points on their home floor. They're averaging 77 a game. Cougars play great defense. I think 65 or fewer. All right, here's Jerems. Fardaz Amak won't get a double-double tonight. Right now, he's had a double-double in six of his last seven games. That leads the nation. Also, number two for Jerem. The former Cougs, Harding, Neal, Lafson, will combine for less than 20 points. Okay. So those are Jerems. Fantastic social media responses today with suggestions to what is the best name for a no-loss <laughs> December. At quick underscore Rick on Twitter says, hoping every team can extend it. When they do, we can call it Noel December. I As like it. No yes, L I love it. That is, that is great. I love it. Okay. Didn't need the singing, but I like it. Settle down. <laughs> Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at cap underscore Lance on Twitter. Is BYU TV scheduled to rebroadcast the BYU-Utah victory this Saturday at 6 p.m.? Uh, we're going to give Cap and Lance an assist here and assume that he means on Friday night because mm -hmm. that's some great counter-programming to the Pac-12 championship game with the actual Pac-12 championship between BYU and Utah, right? Yeah, uh, elite indeed. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. I'm going to give it to the soccer coaching staff, West Regional Coach staffing, Staff of the Year. And our guy Reese Davis at ESPN for obvious reasons. Our thanks to today's guests Chris Burgess and Jen Rockwood. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Boney Fuller. We'll see you tonight for BYU <laughs> men's basketball against Utah Valley.